deepest secrets, concerns of being a black woman, Negro, Hebrew in America. So come and listen to us. Check us out. We are here to serve you. Barakatha. Kahawia. We are K&K Podcast and we are at Chapter 5 of the Black Man's Guide to Understanding the Black Woman by Sister Sharazad Ali. Yeah, so, so I am close hmm. to the half of the book. Say that again, sister. We are getting close to half of the book. Yes, we are. Thank the thank the Lord because you know we're trying to get to the black woman's guide. <laughs> Understanding the black man, we're ready to talk about somebody else other than ourselves. But we're gonna stick to the mission, stick to the plan. Mm-hmm. So chapter five is all about social integration, dating, and marrying the white man. Now we had said we was gonna sum this up real quick, but as I read it, it is kind of some some neat. You know what? I felt that way too, because I was like, even though it doesn't apply to us, it applies to a lot of women out there. So I felt like we should still do our due diligence to go through it. So in that regard, I think the review that I challenged myself to do and for you to do, because I'm not I'm ill prepared. Sorry, listeners. I wanted to to a review of all the episodes but I think it's too cumbersome for me to try to squeeze all of that in in chapter 5 now that we acknowledge that it's lengthier than we thought so what do you think Ahawia should I 
share just one episode review or should I just hold that for a whole nother show? And it's no, nah, let's share it. Let's get that out the way. Listen, we ain't gonna put off for tomorrow what we can do today. So, ooh, I love it. So, I only want to share episode one, and the, all the other reviews will refer to a specific episode moving forward. So, today I'm just going to dedicate the review to episode one. And Kahawia, even though offline we talked about you not having anything to really share, I found some things for you to share. I found some for me to share. I listened, I felt like I ain't had nothing to share. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought that you haven't fully explained Afro So Fly, where people can actually purchase um, and support you, and all the other products that you have outside of Pink Canvas and Pink Lotus. You also have greeting cards, yes. T-shirts. Mm -hmm. So those are things that I think you were missing in sharing. Okay, life. well then, yeah. Well, when you put it on that light, because that was the only thing. <laughs> Well, I don't know. You, know. you might come up with three more things you think I could share. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Afro Soulfly is my own publishing company where we publish greeting cards and we publish my poetry books. We also have a graphic t-shirt line, which is designed to make people feel good while you look good. So there are going to be quotes on the shirts. There are going to be you know, beautiful imagery from Butterflies and Afros, which is the greeting card line where I write all of the poetry. I do the designs for the cards and Butterflies and Afros came from, you know, Afro So Fly. I have an Afro and I'm giving praise to Black culture and Negro culture and Hebrew culture when it comes to our crown and glory. The butterfly part, my nana calls me butterfly. She's been calling me butterfly for over 10 years. And it's sentimental and near and dear to me. So butterflies are included in every image for the greeting cards, even the male ones. And I, have to, <laughs> I was trying to figure out a way to masculinize that. So the butterfly is kindly, you know, just like looking over his shoulder, kind of like keeping him safe in a way in its own butterfly perspective. Um, Mm. But yeah, so that's Butterflies and Afros. Butterflies and Afros is also, you know, dedicated to empowering and uplifting our community. I know I want people to give greeting cards with meaning and the kind of cards that's not going to be like, I guess, typical Hallmark cards, like with corny words. And I'm not saying at all. Hallmark cards are like that because there have been some great ones. However, what made me start the greeting card company was I had purchased the same greeting card for my mother for her birthday, like within a three year span, and didn't even realize I had already gifted her that card. Like the amount of cards that say what I wanted to say has a look that I'm looking for because I always send my mother cards you know, that have a butterfly of some sort on it. And she called me, she's like, you know, I have this card already. I'm like, you do? <laughs> so it was evident to me that I had to start my own, you know, me being as creative as I am, especially as poetic, I can't, well, I'm doing myself and everyone around me a disservice to not start a greeting card line. So you can find all of that on afrosoulfly.com and... Yeah, 
That's how I felt so fly, honey. Yes, Bessie. <laughs> <laughs> so this is reviews from episode one, listeners. Review from ep- episode one. There's another point I wanted to mention. I had referred to the word unfair. I think I just said the word unfair, or we mentioned the word unfair in episode one. And I have learned that that word you should not use because fair means complexion. And we are always on the darker side of the complexion. So everything will, the word fair, according to a brother named Millie Fuller, he says it doesn't really do justice for us as a people, that we should instead use words for as that's incorrect or that is correct. Mm. Because what is fair is for the fairer people. And we don't, we are not those people. Mm. So we're still unfair to ourselves. That goes into one of my favorite professors in college, Dr. Wood. She always was saying words mean something. So Mm. for my class, I sure took that. Because I'll be telling people every day, words mean something. Use your words. Words mean something. Thank you, Kiva, for pointing that out, bringing that to light. Yes, and and Neely Fuller, he has an excellent book. It is actually what we're talking about in the relationship world, but he goes into it in just a daily living period. And I think we may even eventually get into this book on our podcast because it's dope. It's called The United Independent Compensatory Code System Concept Textbook. Mm for to counter racism mm. so it is for the victims of racism it's a long um title and i'm looking at the cover <laughs> now honey that looks like a whole motherboard to a computer <laughs> the cover it look like it got a lot of configurations going on i know it but it is such a great book because he uncovers a lot of um, he correct a lot of behaviors that we tend to um, practice that go against our overall goal. And he breaks it down into um, nine categories. He said there's nine areas, um, nine major areas of activity that we all practice. And when we practice these activities, we need to know how to operate in code. And those activities are economics, education, entertainment, labor, law, politics, religion, sex, war, and counter war. Mm. Uh, So, and that pretty much is a gist of everything that we do in life and how we operate in that world. Like for example, a code is you should not be in an interracial relationship. That is in his book. He said you go against your own self being when you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he breaks it down even better than the way I do. So, yes, definitely check out Nelly Fuller. The brother is still alive. I think he's in his late 80s. He's been around for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Excellent, brother. Um, I saw I have another one for you, um, Kahawia. Listen. <laughs> go ahead. I'm listening. <laughs> When you you did a little you did a little singing a little acapella on episode one. Yes, I don't know if every if everyone caught the name of that song or where that song came from. Okay, so I don't know the name of the song, but the song came from the Black Cinderella. So what is it? Rogers and somebody, Rogers and Hamstein, Hamstein. I don't know. Um, but the Cinderella featuring Brandy. And Whitney Houston. And the song was sang by 
Brandy's Asian love interest, who, by the way, had a brown mother and a white father. So I never really understood that. But yeah, that was their song that they sang to each other and apart from each other, but it was their love song. Okay. I think it's called Falling in Love with You, the song. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could be wrong. But yes, um, I just wanted people to know that's where that came from. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Another one. Um, for me, um, I mentioned Dr. Amos Wilson, and I wanted to just share his book that I was referring to when I said his name. And the book is called um, The Developmental Psychology of the Black Child. So how Sister Sherazade constantly relate all of our dysfunctional behaviors in our childhood. In his book, he breaks down how we automatically ruin the Black child from diet to location of living to the type of education that they have. Like he breaks it down how we destroy their whole well-being if we practice certain European behaviors or just the slave mentality that a lot of us are not even aware that we're still performing. So he goes in on that. So that's another good brother. And I wanted to clarify his work. So if anybody wanted to look into it, you know where that information is coming from. So that's Dr. Amos Wilson. Nice. I have another one. Okay, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Before we get back to the other one, I did look up the song. It is yeah. called Do I Love You Because You're Beautiful by nice. Paolo cool. Montalban featuring Brandy. And please, Paolo, Paolo, forgive me if I didn't put your name. <laughs> P-A-O-L-O. Paolo, I sound like Paolo to me. So did. So yes, it was Rogers and Hammerstein. I knew somebody hammer, somebody hammer, somebody's team. Got it. Thank you for clarifying that because I wasn't certain <laughs> on that one. <laughs> um, so you know what? So how about this? Mm-hmm. Since I felt I explained everything I thought needed to be explained <laughs> from what I said. Moving forward, you can review them from your perspective. Because I wouldn't thought to even explain that because I listened to it and I'm like, no, I explained everything I needed to explain. So you can be our review person, you know, as far as when okay. it comes to that because you be finding these things. And I'm like, oh, I said that? Oh, them two seconds? Really? <laughs> like, okay. Not a problem because I'll, I'll, I'll highlight yours and mine and then you can just review yours too or I'll review it for you, however way we flow it. I mean, I will still I do, do my d- d- diligence and review, but honey, I, I review all the episodes and I'm like, well, I'm straight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have one more for you. This is the last one. And this one is actually... Um, unfair to say it's a review because we said in episode one we were going to do the task mm-hmm. but I don't believe we really specified in the later episodes and I could be wrong but I don't believe we truly specified um, our book list and song list that we featured on Kahawia Writes and that's something also that I wanted you to share as far as you being a patron 
um, and all that you have to offer on Kahawia as well, because I don't think everyone knows that you do Kahawia reads, Kahawia writes, what Kahawia eats. Like you have a whole lot of stuff on your blog. So if you can explain that, and then far as that book list, because I help with that book list and movie list for our listeners that did check in though, that checked into that, Kahawia will explain where you can find that on her website. That list, I we originally said on our show that we wanted it to be like mainly black characters. However, the list that we end up formulating are just movies with positive messages. Because at the end of the day, even though we're black, 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 we're putting things in perspective as in regards to our life. Racism is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this is the game we have to play. But to the most high, it has nothing to do with race. It's all about the character of the person and their good deeds. However, because of what has happened before, we have decided to to honor and protect this bloodline while we fight for sanity and freedom underneath the control of those that be. But, Correct. And with racism being bullshit is the reason why I wrote a poem that you can find on Kahawia Rights where I yeah. say fuck white people and I use white people in the term of white is a state of mind versus a color of a person per se. Now there's some Caucasian white folks who you know we you know some people refer to as crackers and then there's some brown white folks which is some graham crackers and then you know there's all kind of white folks you're gonna have to go ahead and read that poem on kahawia.com forward slash kahawia dash rights now going back kiva kahawia.com is the kahawia experience where it is a blog where i have four segments well now four segments because it was just three segments but now we included kahawia speaks for knk podcast kahawia reads is a segment where i started out reviewing books that i was reading but then i thought i don't really want to review mainstream books i want to review the books that are not so much on the forefront and especially books of independent authors So that's my new shift for that. Kahawia Eats. I started out reviewing restaurants as I was eating out in different places. And I may even still do that, but I am moving forward more to sharing food that I cook in my home and, you know, just enjoying my love of food as a whole. So you're going to see a whole bunch of different things on there. It may not feel structured. It may not look structured, but this ain't my blog. I mean, this ain't your blog. It's mine. So you like it. (laughs) You don't like it. Well, it is what it is. Um, But I hope you like it. And Kahawia writes. I write a bunch of different things. So I write things that are on my mind. I write things that my readers want to know about based on the suggestions that they give to me. I write a series called Hathead, which I kind of blew up from our brother Yashkara with Kara Films. He talks about Hathead folks all the time, especially in his earlier shows, because honey, everybody was Hathead and Tree Stomp and everybody else. And that was how he. And what is Hathead? Hathead is an individual who behaves as if they only have half a head. So whatever that means for you in your life, 
Um, whereas if you can see in the stories that I've written, I've written them, they've been based on relationships. So they've been moments where the individual acts, you know, with half a brain in reaction to something, you know, something that was detrimental to them. So I have, you know, the story of the woman who decides, all right, you cheated on me, all right, so now I'm going to follow you or I'm going to do something to react to this and I'm not going to think it all the way through and I'm going to feel justified because of I don't got I don't got but half a head at this point. So it's just bringing <laughs> light to these moments and seeing how we can, you know, just kind of be caught up in the moment. But there's one thing, you know, about reading something, you get to see it in a whole different light. And it's just, you know, when you're reading something on paper, you get a chance to assess it versus actually being in that moment. So it's kind of like, I hope you never have to go through this. <laughs> Um, but if you have, you are not alone. So it's it's one of those mm-hmm. kind of support blogs. Um, yeah, so Kahawia writes, I write about all kinds of stuff. I have some of my poetry on there. I have whatever I want to write about. And like I said, it's the Kahawia experience. So it's all somehow connected to me. And even though it may not be my story, it might be my sister's story, it might be my brother's story, it might be a story of one of my readers, you know, it's the Kahali experience, and it's all things empowering and uplifting and surrounding the idea of Black and brown people, so I'm not here to celebrate anyone else. I love it, I love it, so yes, I have two more key points, and then we're done. Okay. Okay. So we mentioned, we just mentioned the word triggers. Mm -hmm. And um, I just wanted to explain it. And please jump in if you feel the need to do so. But I wanted to explain what triggers are because, you know, we have, we may have different opinions on what a trigger is. For my, what I personally feel triggers are is the, um, someone does something to you. And it causes a reaction, an unfavorable reaction where you feel a state of discomfort. And that state of discomfort causes you to behave maybe in a half-head way, or it may put you in a depressed stage. So I have, in my journey in reading this book and just trying to be a better Black woman, I have found purpose and a necessary purpose for, in order for me to continue to be positive and, and work hard and do the right thing, I have to be able to acknowledge what my triggers are. And one of the ways that I've been doing that is anytime I get into that depressed stage or that half-head stage, I'm learning now before I react to take a, a step back and breathe and even try to avoid the situation so I can have time to think. So that that involves me monitoring my phone. If I know there's a certain person that calls me and then when I pick up, they're going to pretty much drain me, like Eric Thomas would say, mm-hmm. I don't pick up that phone call right away, especially if I'm already in a stressed environment, such as work or in the street shopping or whatever. I manage my space and my time to to benefit me and whoever I know may possibly drain me, I try to slow them down before they can enter my presence. 
So I don't know if you want to add to that, but I just wanted to just explain that whole, what I meant by trigger, like, you know, in that regard. Well, I will say, I agree with your definition. And I am learning, too, how to deal with my triggers rather than eliminating them. Mm. And I say that because, you know, how you just described, you know, if it's someone calling my phone that I feel is going to drain me, I have to, like, take, you know, take a step back and not answer my phone. Whereas for most of my life, in that situation, then take a step back. I didn't change my number. <laughs> so, and, or if I haven't changed my number, I've blocked you. And I didn't just block you from my phone. You know, like how you go in the settings and block somebody. I call the company that I pay for my phone bill every month and say, hey, I need this number to not be able to contact me. <laughs> so, instead of doing that, because honey I could do that for any given reason and you know I've changed my number before and didn't give it to but three people in the family and and doing (laughs) that and listen and giving my number to them three people my thing was if anybody calls me that I did not give my number to I know you gave it to them and you gonna lose access to me too like honey ain't that happy That is very heavy. I haven't gotten to that stage yet, but that is heavy. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not a bad thing. (laughs) You know? Um I have just been cut off for years. So I'm learning to take a step back and maybe just ignore my phone call (laughs) versus like, you know what, you know, piss me off to the tenth degree, delete. <laughs> yeah, that because we don't want to throw people away, but we do need to. What do you always? You've been telling me, lady. I said, lady. You've been telling me lately to repurpose people, um, in your life. So that's that's something too. And and in regards to like the triggers outside of just knowing how to keep them from a distance, I've also learned the person that you're most connected to, or the person you spend time with. Like, for example, I'm dating a guy right now. So I'm aware that a trigger for me is a sense of abandonment. So if you say you're going to do something, even as small as I'm going to call you back, if you don't call me back, that puts me in a state of depression, a slight state, because now I'm looking at you failed me on that level. So I tell the person that I'm into and that I'm interested in, just shoot me a text and say, good night or I'm busy, or check you tomorrow, but be clear on what you're telling me, because I'm holding on to those words, Mm -hmm. and I know that that's my issue, so I had to bring that to his attention, and fortunately for me, he has an interest in me that he's meeting my, um, he's agreeing with me on that, and he's been standing up, and, and, and acknowledging that that is a trigger of mine, and doing what I need for him to do, so that I don't have an issue in that world. So sometimes it's important to share. But you know with what? Who agree with you, and if they don't agree with you, real quick, mm-hmm. I just want to ask this: If somebody don't agree with you, don't expect them to. Like, don't have any expectations with someone that you don't agree with. Because too often times we see a guy we like them, they have a different attitude on what it is that you you want. And you think, well, if I do this, that, and the third, they're going to change. No, they're not. 
You just got to move on. If they don't agree with you, move on. Sister Sharazad told us <laughs> that in many ways. And that makes life very simple. If you don't agree, move on. There's too many men, too many good men and women for the, the male listeners listening. So just be trying to get somebody on your program. But go ahead, sis. Well, no, honey, you just summed that up because I was like, listen, and that's fine. I'm glad that, you know, he agreed with you because when they don't agree, that's when I'll be throwing you away. <laughs> <laughs> but you put it in, you know, in much nicer terms, move on versus throw the whole man away. <laughs> move oh. on, sure. And then um we and then the last one. I said that Sister Sherazad in her lecture, I said that when she mentions that when since us black women, I'll just say us, when we have decided not to stand behind our man. And we decided to do this phase of I can do it by myself. I don't need no man. She said, we pick up the following. Lesbianism, depression, celibacy, loneliness, separation, and interracial relationships. Mm. So that's like a mixture of what she said out of all her lectures. And interracial relationship is exactly where we're going into. Mm. That was a good segue. Yes. So we are at chapter five, dating and marrying the white man. So Sister Kiva and Sister Kahawia, y'all already know, we ain't about this life. Not at all. At all. I don't even want a white man to feel like he has the audacity to even speak to me in such a way that he is acknowledging my beauty after his ancestors and did what they what they didn't think of mine. Ooh, see, yeah, yeah, you you real deep in that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, I, I'm a house negro because I'm a little bit more tolerant of their behavior. I'm I'm flattered at their interest. They can be they can be my fan, but they will never be my. Friend. You know why it doesn't flatter me? Because oftentimes we are a fetish to them. So I don't find flattery in being fetishized. If that's where. Okay, I get that. That and you know what? It makes sense because all we can be is a fetish because i mean we know from what we've learned about ourselves is that there's no way we can be truly included in their world hell no especially not when in they were we three-fifths of a person exactly get your ass so so when you see these relationships with this black woman and this black uh, and this white man it gives you the fake the illusion of conclusion that they are a part of the white race or the few selective um, that have decided to do this inter interracial relationship, and that all is well, and that is not true. I'm sure they have a lot of secreted problems that they don't even adhere to. But Sister Sharazad, she goes into three things that she said that typically happens um, as far as the Black experience when a Black woman dates a, a white man. And she says that when this woman does that, she knows that she's going to, she's agreeing to commit to a new set of rules of involvement. So she's willing to, she wasn't ready to get along with her black man, but she's willing to change a little bit to be with the, the white man. She also is planning to 
um, exercise all of her um, movie and TV show um, antics with the white man because he has been the leading star in magazines and movies and TV. So now she, she feels she's going to be able to be treated as such. And her the last note she says is that when this engagement occurs is that she has convinced herself that the black man is unavailable. And that is why she has to peruse in other races because she doesn't have availability to him. Honey. So he has, you know, this is this is these are this is what she goes through. She also mentions that this woman tends to speak very airy and proper. And she has she pretty much abandons her you know, her natural, you know, slang or dialect, because that's something that Dr. Amos Wilson says all the time, and I'll correct the white person or anybody quickly. Slang Ebonics is our language. language. Mm -hmm. it, is, it, is, it is unformal English. Unformal standard English. And English is barbaric, so... And English is barbaric. That's a whole that's other topic. <laughs> But I practice two languages. When I'm at work, I do standard formal English. And when I'm among my family and friends, I do informal standard English. And I try to practice informal stand standard English as often as I can because I already have everything taken away from me and am reminded of that all the time. So my language, how I express myself. Right, you want to take away my tongue? Damn. I can't have nothing. That's like Paul Mooney. <laughs> he was like, white folks don't want you to have a headache. Here, take this as it. You can't have no goddamn headache. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want you to have nothing. Yes, yes. Paul Mooney, Dick Gregory, our <laughs> favorite comedians. They may have been co compromised in some areas, but those brothers speak a lot of truth. Mm -hmm. A lot of truth. So, yes, this sister, she, you know, she wear a lot of makeup. She talking what we call white, but which is just standard formal English. She probably bat her eye against um, Ebonics, of, of course. Mm -hmm. And this woman is quick to smile and be pleasant to all other people outside of her black man. She won't say hi to the black man when she's passing him in the street on the elevator. And I make sure to do that. Mm -hmm. I, I try to wave and yeah, brother smile at me or if they say, sister, you can't smile, I'll give him a big, pretty smile. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, I treat my brothers like that. I want, I want them to feel that love. So she says that this woman ain't going to do that. She is going to give all of her attention to the white man. And she ignores her own. And she, she ignores feels... everything wrong with him. Say that again. She, she also ignores everything that's wrong with him. Oh, yes, she does. His shortcomings is not noticed at she all. She tolerates it all. She, <laughs> she tolerates it all because she feels like, well, that's who he is. Mm -hmm. She couldn't, she didn't, she didn't have that that thinking when it came to her black man. And she is she operates with this man in two ways. She either has him as a secret or she parades him around her family. Mm -hmm. Her family, and the she, public, her friends. She all on top of him. It's almost like y'all need a room. 
is at the grocery store. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this. All right, like, because you got a white man. Are you proud of yourself? Because you shouldn't be. But that's another topic. Yes, and and she is. She is proud of her. Well, she could be. She could be a secret. You never know. But for the most part, she's highlighting that this is a a union that she wants and is ready to submit to. She also states that this, just this relationship alone is such a public um, suicide for the Black race because she's pretty much saying that the Black man is not, it's who she's given up on, mm-hmm. that she doesn't trust him, and she has no guilt in being a traitor to our race. So she has agreed that she's going to do what I want to do system and her loyalty to the black man is, is pretty much gone. Like most of these women that decide to go down this route, they don't really look back for a black man. If things don't go right for them with the, the white man, and you know it's what? just like, how many times have you heard a woman or a group of women, you know, just kind of sit around and be like, you know what, if it don't work out, it's wrong. I'm going to try white next. Like, yeah, I heard that. Mm-hmm. That is a a prominent statement among a whole lot of brunches, a whole lot of brunch tables. Mm-hmm. It sure was, and I've been encouraged too. Mm-hmm. And I was, and brothers, I love my black man. I said it always, hell to the fucking no. I'll try damn, I'm gonna try again, honey. <laughs> you know what? I felt like too. In addition to how I started. With how I feel, I feel like my ancestors were raped after being abducted from wherever they was at by your Caucasian self. And you think I'm going to just willingly hand this pussy to you? Exactly. And you had my pussy as the toilet bowl. Anybody can get it at any time. Honey, and now I'm gonna just give it to you. You're right. Look your damn correct. Don't even look at me like you want to talk to me (laughs) outside of work, or you know. And this is not to say that again, because I go back to saying white people are not the problem. You know, it's it's well, white people is the problem. But when it comes to white people as far as Caucasians, there's nothing. It's not that I'm treating you as though you're so different, you know, but I don't want to date you. And I don't want you in my face like that. And to clarify that, because you meant, because it's easy to say white people, but there are some righteous people. It's that white, like you said, that white attitude. Yes, that white attitude. Rape, rob, and steal. That rape, rob, and steal attitude. Get it by any means necessary. You don't have a mission of peace in mind. You don't have a mission of uplifting. You have a mission of just conquering. Right. And that is that white attitude mm-hmm. that we're speaking of that we totally want to dismiss. And because you wrapped in that complexion, I can't I can't accept the package mm-hmm. because it just goes against my bloodline. You may your spirit may be there, but it's not enough of me in you for you to see me and for me to see you. Mm-hmm. So I ain't, I need I need to see myself in you. If I can't see myself in you, then I'm not choosing me, and I'm a fool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, you know, I'm sorry. We ain't we ain't no name calling. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Sorry, of course, this is a fool for choosing a white man. But come on now. Like, I, I just never been with it. And um, I, this is something else to bring attention to, too. And I don't know if you can share on this, too. Just talking about this makes me think of, I have an uncle. He's not my biological uncle, but he's my he was my father's best friend. In any event, he has told me his um, his grief of just being a black man in his family. He's a widow. His wife has passed. The family has blamed him for not taking care of the wife because they feel that he didn't get provide her with all the luxuries that he wanted to, all of the material things. But he loved her, and she was the center of his life before she passed. Now that she's gone, he's trying to position himself to be more involved in his nephew life. And because he never had a son, he only had a daughter. And he is getting so much friction from the matriarchs in the family and allowing him to manhandle his nephew the way he wants to. There are no men in the family really but him. The father's really not present. And he wants to take on this little boy, but his parental style is very different than the woman. And they critique him every step of the way to a point that he just doesn't want to be, he doesn't know how to be bothered with the situation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when, when we go to the, that's the extreme end of how we handle our black men in a family. And then we have the extreme way of how the black woman just totally dismiss her own king. We have to repurpose our men. Black men that's out there are black men. We have to love them and adore them. If they're not a part of the family structure and they're toxic, I get it. But if they're there and they're trying, love on them honor them allow them to lead in their own respect it's not just a relationship thing it's also even in the family construct however when that nephew want to play with that little boy in whatever kind of way don't you dare go and say you he's playing too rough let him be a man and do whatever they do stay out of men business i'm learning and i've i mean from listening to sister sherazade when there are a whole bunch of men in the room and they're talking there's no need for me to be there standing among them talking i can find business somewhere else let the men be the men mm-hmm. so i don't know if i can answer that but I just, well i will I mean, say you know i have a little bit more testosterone than most <laughs> <laughs> so I could be, you know, I'm very um two chops to the throat like <laughs> for certain behaviors. So who was that Lavelle Crawford? Yeah. <laughs> two chops to the throat. <laughs> Listen, I was brought up and not from my mother, but I have a matriarch in my family who who, you know, I was brought up kinda under her instruction, you know, where you got a teenage boy, you a single parent, he acting up, punch him in his chest. Like, so when you say, you know, don't be too rough, that one kind of like struck a nerve, like, ooh, somebody might be telling me, don't be too rough on that boy. But, um, yeah. And, you know, that's great, too, because we have some, I'm very um, on the softer side, but I think both energies are definitely needed and wanted because some men want that that fire you know and some men want that soft so we're you know how we come is correct it's just that it's all the other parts because i think i get it when you say you have a little more testosterone because of course sometimes you need that female to stay behind and, and, and get the point across 
but then there's also a respect there where you know you're not a part of the no absolutely you know so that balance itself out um sister shabazad she says that this woman who typically date um a white man or marry a white man that she believes that she has tried every way possible to be with a black man each time and he failed she takes no accountability for her failed relationships with the black man at all and she is unselfish she she implies unselfish conduct and actions made only if they benefit the black nation so she she's pretty much saying that she refuses to do anything for the benefit of the black nation that her, her actions are just totally selfish and she doesn't care to do anything that is necessary for the survival of the race is all about what she wants for herself and she tends to tell people you know it just happened like we just fell in love <laughs> we just we just happened to like each other and sister Sharazan makes it clear that nothing just happened sister you just gave up on your bloodline and you don't want to think about your past because if you thought about that slave in you you wouldn't be fucking a white man Okay, now I added that. Honey. That wasn't sister Cheryl. <laughs> Who snaps on that word? And tell you what, on that word, we're going to get into this praise break. And then we're going to come back and finish up this word for y'all. Okay, cool. Yeah. We done made a habit flipping nothing in the sun. Triple every dollar, dog. I put that on my mama. Ooh, I think they like me cause I talk about my commas. If I had to do it to it, I'd be frontline with the llama. So I suggest you act right or get left. Uh, kill him with the baseline. Treble clef, uh, put it in the stocking. Then we ship it overseas. And when that Fetty came back, it was more than what we needed. So I suggest you play a part and get it to him. What we doing? Judy is the tribe, the nappy head is super duper. If you ain't rolling with us, then I'll take it. You against us, so you better keep your cool and keep it moving. Hope you're listening. Let me break it down for a second. Wait, wait, you and I are not the same. Split the cake, I'm out, lady. Mode alone, expose the snakes. Uh, don't know why they hit me. I'm just trying to elevate the beast in love, but don't mistake it. If you got it, get it shaking, nigga. This is what you want. Hey, we can get into it if you're trying to build your world. I can put you in direct connection with the plug. Yeah, you need it until I put you on. Uh, let me break it down for a second. Wait, wait, you and I are not the same. Split the cake, I'm out, lady. Mode alone, expose the snakes. Uh, don't know why they hit me. I'm just trying to elevate the beast. Love a dumbest nigga, if you gotta get a shaking nigga Okay, so we are back From our praise break That's my jam too, listen Y'all might get tired of hearing it, but I don't Listen, I'll be in here, and sometimes I play it on my way to work. Like, mm. we gotta get some more people, some more artists in. But slowly but surely, we definitely want to have our people in here. Listen, my favorite line: I suggest you act right or get left. <laughs> like, I'll be in someone like I'll be bumping. I'll be like, mm-hmm. hit you with the face line. <laughs> Well, we know because you're quick to delete. Delete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, I, I think it's how the line is positioned. So it's like, I suggest you act right. Like, 
<laughs> I was put together <laughs> like it. Oh man! So we once again, guys, we are talking about chapter five: the black woman dating the white man, and how she just decides to transform into a woman of ignoring her past and somewhat of her present and she just wants to be happy in her in her own created right and she has decided to delete the black man from her um choice of her, her preference of choice for a mate and her decision to do so she claims is that she tried she can't find anybody that is good. He, they all failed her. So this is why she had to go this route. And her decision, she is aware, is that it has nothing to do with the Black nation. These women tend to ignore all of the needs and the plight of the Black race. It's solely just about her personal wants and desires. Um, Sister Sharazad, she mentions that um, the white man has never forgiven um, himself for enslaving black people and he's never took accountability. So we are people who are psychologically damaged from and never really have been healed and our traumas have never fully been addressed. So Sister Sharazad says, you know, by you, how can you unite with somebody where you're so broken, like your spirit is broken because of what you've gone through. Mm -hmm. And the only way to truly heal from that is to be with a black man. But she has she has labeled the black man as weak and powerless. And she she pretty much tears him down to a point that she just forgets about him and forget the idea of him. Yeah, she, she says that she, she does not want to think well in addition to that, she so while she's decided not to think of him. And to dismiss him and how great he is, she also doesn't want him to think well of himself. And in doing yeah. that, she's constantly reminded that she doesn't think well of herself either. Now, I'm glad with this is coming up because I want to bring up acrimony. Honey. And I know you're going to explain acrimony, so I'm going to wrap it up real quick because I know you got a whole lot to say. Honey, honey, honey. But this is the point because our last episode, and this is a clarity on that, the last episode I was on mission. My mission was to stick to the task of us refining our behavior for us to totally just behave in accordance to producing beautiful strong black children men and family and women so in that regard i totally ignored everything that that black man did which is probably probably 60 minutes <laughs> whole hour long that he has done to the black woman i had ignored that and focused on what she did and uh, what taraji did in the movie in acrimony when she was because of her pain and hurt you saw that she was doing seeing everything to break his spirit and that what i said regardless of what's going on in the relationship that tactic to get your point across is totally wrong and no wonder why he didn't come back to her now sister kahawia is going to bring it home because we she made a lot of valid points on that but we can't linger on it too long because it's about the black man 
But just for clarity, that black man was totally wrong and selfish in how he handled her. You know what? So it's I, not even I, completely about the black man because I can speak solely, you know, on the black woman and how she felt from the treatment of that black man. And I can't speak too much to the character. Um, I can only speak based on what I saw and from my own experience and what that looks like, it feels like, because I wasn't, you know, I'm not one of the writers of the film. Hell, the director and the writers could have been going in a whole new direction. They may have a whole different outtake from what I got, but I'm going to say, <laughs> Kiva, 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 you cut me deep. You almost had me about to <laughs> apologize to one take for my my outtake on it. Let me just say, whether Taraji's character was right or wrong, I understand. So when we talk about Shahrazad Ali's The Black Man's Guide to Understanding the, the Black Woman, and how we are, and we have been finding that we are to obey and submit. Taraji submitted to that man for 18 years. Mm -hmm. Taraji submitted to that man before they got married. Taraji submitted to him with her virginity, with her mind, with her body, with her soul, with everything she had, even to the point to where she gave him part of her mind because she definitely behaved as if she, you know, she had a whole half-head moment when she caught him cheating, which caused her to, you know, bring harm to herself to where she ended up having a hysterectomy. So one could say, oh, she did it to herself. I can say that if he hadn't taken her money, you know, taken the the gift of the car and disappeared on her and then she goes to his house to like yo what's up and she find a whole nother female in the picture so if none of that had happened the reaction would not have happened so and even if, that's true so essentially he still has to accept blame for her not being able to have children. So most definitely. She's going through this, you know, and this is someone who she lost her virginity to. So we gotta think, sisters, when we lost our virginity to somebody that we thought we loved and we thought we cared for, we was hurt over heels. And we gotta we gotta we gotta change that too. Like hear it, we lost. Lois, he done you done gave Honey. it away. You, you know who you gave it to. If you don't know who you gave it to, then then it's lost. Right. <laughs> but that don't change <laughs> the frame of mind that that young sister was in. Okay. So she's in the yeah. frame of mind of sharing her body with somebody who she loves and sharing her money in while she's grieving from the loss of her mother and everything else. And all he did was position himself to use that guilt trip for her to feel almost obligated to do these things for him so that he can progress also too because she believed in him. So for 18 years, she was submissive. She was passive. She was just taking it in stride. You said that brother was working on a house. He ain't working on no damn house. He was working on that no. battery. Yes, that battery. Not the yeah, house, he was the destroying the house. Fucking up the electricity. Fucking up 
stole the space. Well, we can't talk about the brothers. All right, we can talk about the brothers. We can't talk. (laughs) Let's go back to Sarazi's character. Okay, so for eighteen years, she, you know, stood by him and just continued on, continued on, endured everything while still trying to keep her family alive. Now, mind you, she wasn't really listening to her sisters at this point because if she was, she'd have left them a long time ago. She was still keeping for mm-hmm. her men, still doing right, still doing right. And then come to find out this whole situation with the wallet. Now, while I do agree with you, I don't believe that he cheated on her a second time. None of that shit matters because you out here parading and getting coffee with the bitch that you was cheating on that had me to lose my goddamn babies forever. I don't know. <laughs> damn. <laughs> what the situation was. I don't give a fuck if you saw that bitch at the grocery store and she gave you a coupon. You better not use you that coupon. absolutely correct. No, you're right. He, that's what I'm saying. We're, I misspoke and Kahawia let me have it <laughs> via phone. Like She was like, nah, shorty. I done saw a movie. I done listened to our podcast. You got it twisted. So acrimony is definitely going to be on our topic, on our agenda, especially when we do the Black Woman's Guide to Understanding the Black Man. Because that brother, he like you said, he didn't, I praised him. I only highlighted his good behavior because this book is all about us doing wrong and then the black man doing right. So I was on our mission. But you know what? This book is not only about that because in this book too, Sister Ali points out not very, you know, like not like whole paragraphs like, 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 like she does for us, but she does point out that the black woman is submissive to the black man who loves her with everything he has as well so she does explain to us that we're not just submitting openly and blindly we're submitting to the black man who knows his worth knows his value and knows ours as well and is moving forward together as a union which that brother was not doing that brother was on his own mindset concerned with that damn battery yes he stopped loving on her but we cannot, sis, we cannot discuss <laughs> this man. Well, I was discussing her, but you cut me off now. Because you're like, oh, we're going to talk because, about this we, later. <laughs> well, because remember, we're not discussing our traumas in a respect of um, of our pain. Because we can, we can always go there. We're talking on our solution points. Like, you know, how we how we rise from that because I guess you're highlighting her pain and why she behaved the way she behaved. However, that behavior is still not justified because you cannot destroy yourself in the process of defending I agree. Yourself. It's not justified and I don't agree, you know, um well I do agree with running not your destroying car yourself. into a trailer. Huh? <laughs> yes. I I don't agree with that because I wouldn't have did that. You know, and then and then she has to take accountability too. You know, because again, which we're learning, she's done so much for a boy. He wasn't a man. Mm-hmm. He wasn't treating her right. So we have to take accountability of what we do. We can't continue to give, 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 and the takers are going to keep taking. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's unfortunate that you know, sister had to go through everything that she went through, even to lose her life at the end. But, you know, in in relation to where we are and just trying to do better, I didn't, I'm sorry if I, and I have to apologize to you because you've gone through something similar and from your experience, 
I didn't mean to um, hush your trauma or your pain. I just wanted to highlight that when we are in this in this state of pain and we've been mistreated and abused emotionally and uncared for and unprotected, how do we handle it? And that sister behavior pattern was not a successful one. Nor and I agree. The one with the practice. You know what, Sister Kiva, I, I, like I told you on the phone, I agree. And I, I do agree that how she handled the situation was wrong. However, I understand. And I'm going to believe it at that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, and, and and it's because we're going. We definitely want to have a time and space when we get to that portion of the book, um, of the second book, to really dive into that main character. Because you're right, he needs to be talked about most definitely. It's just we just not there yet. Um, so she says that you know this woman, she is her goal is to just tear the our our black man down you know our black men they tend to have this big ego about them they're the best at whatever they do whatever they want to do they're going to try to be the best at it that's just how they are that's in their makeup this type of black woman that tends to date or marry a white man she doesn't like that big ego and she tries her best to tear it down and she has no tolerance for her own race however she has tolerance for everyone else mm -hmm. every other race especially the caucasian race and her being with this white man in itself, it gives her this sense of false empowerment. She starts to feel as if, you know, she, she feels strong, like she's somewhat made it mm -hmm. because she has been accepted by the so-called powers that be. The white, the white people are, are in charge. The real white people are in charge, not the ones we see, but that's a whole other topic. <laughs> She thinks she has one. She thinks she is, you know, a part of them. So she goes on a mission to achieve greatness. And her achieving great greatness is her own personal growth. And she does her personal growth through social activities instead of spiritual commitments. Because spiritual commitment would be the black race. All the while she's whitewashing herself to play the role of the white woman she's always aspired to be from childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Heavy on the play, like yeah. heavy quotations on play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So her, her her choices really displace her her positioning and and where she's supposed to be, and she has this attitude that you know the the black man has wronged her, so it propels her to want to dive further into this new culture and new behavior because she blames him for her reasoning of not being with him. And she publicly lets the world know that, you know, he's nothing, that she doesn't need him mm -hmm. and that she is, you know, better off without him. And her, her um, sister Sharazad explains that it's a damn shame for her to feel that way because majority of our lives uh, black black people lives on this so-called earth um, has been um, thousands of years of us just being by ourselves with the black men in only a short period of time when we've actually practiced this whole interracial happy peaceful so-called relationship mm -hmm. so she's like she's totally gotten away from her true purpose like her she's just she becomes irrelevant 
to society when she decides to be with the, the white man, according to Sister Sharazad. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's according to some other folks too. We gonna find it. Say that again. Say that again. <laughs> no, sis. I said I'm sure it's according to some other folks too. We gonna find the quote. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I look. I'm I'm certain of that too, sir. I it, Nelly Fuller said it. I think Dr. Francis Cresswell said she mentioned something like that in the ISIS papers. I'm not certain. I can't. Um, share. I'm not able to connect it on that level, but it makes tons of sense. And I mean, it's, she pretty much says, you know, how dare, how dare this black woman? Because when you when you show up and you're with this white man, you pretty much tell the world that your black man ain't nothing. Mm-hmm. He means nothing to you, and the world believe believe us because whatever we say goes because we're his we're his representative. Mm-hmm. We're his true mate and counterpart. Exactly. So that is pretty much it. I mean, unless you think I missed anything from chapter five, that was all that I really got out of it. Mm-hmm. No good. That's a whole nutshell right there. Okay, cool. That sums so up the we... three, four, you know, from a couple of pages. Because, you know, we, we thought this was just going to be a quick show, but I'm glad that we did come to terms with the fact that we are not our listeners. We are the people that are speaking. So to just skip over something that someone else might be able to relate to wouldn't be correct. So I'm You're glad right. that we decided to really hash out that chapter as we did in the previous chapters. Now, I don't know if you want to do chapter six in its entirety. It's a little over 10 pages. Um, I think it's about 12 pages in total. And that is chapter six is communications. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where she's going to go with that. Um, so what do you think? Should we break it up or should we just keep, you said we let's use these college degrees. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, let's use these expensive pieces of paper. <laughs> Not like we know how to read. <laughs> um, I think we can read chapter six in its entirety because we were breaking up chapters that were 20 pages and long so i think 12 okay. pages you know should be good yeah should be good all right so chapter six guys is communications we're gonna hit that up um on the next show if let me see if there's anything else that i wanted to share now i'll leave i'll leave episode two review for our next episode what episode are we on now this, Girl, is... this is episode seven honey yes yeah, so we're talking about episode eight cool Damn. this is dope so we appreciate all of you listeners um and our brothers we we love you love like this whole we started this entire k and k podcast to to not only just get ourselves together but to get with our black man mm-hmm. <laughs> and get them together to get and represent them and love on them and get yes. other brown beautiful women to love on you too and this is not just love as i mentioned before sisters this is not us just loving our man only love the brothers in your family mm-hmm. your nephews 
your uncles. I mean, if they ain't pieces, if they piece of shit, then leave them, leave them with that. <laughs> <laughs> but the ones that try, you know, call them up and tell them how much you love them and appreciate them. They need that because if life, we know life is hard for us, mm-hmm. but for them, it's even harder. Even Everybody if it's just something as simple as texting them, be safe, you know, mm-hmm. something that those two words are so heavy to be heard, to just tell a black yeah. man to be safe. That is true. That is so true. I'm going to adopt that. Actually, I think I'm going to take it a step further. I think, you know how you have the little, um, the little group text? Mm-hmm. I should have a little group text for just the black men in my family to send them like a, a group text for my uncles only, a group text for my nephews only, for my male cousins, mm-hmm. just to send them all a blast on a daily. I'm going to work on that because there are people, you know, there are people in your life that you only see every once in a while, but you, you hold on to them when you do see them. And it's like, man, I love mm-hmm. you, but you don't really tune into them often. I think that that's giving me an idea of I don't have to, you know, change my way of living, but I can at least send some positive words and aspirations that way on a daily. You know what? That's right. You know, I might even adopt that or something similar because, you know, sometimes I send, you know, women in my family quotes. I should send men some quotes to him. Mm-hmm. They struggle sometimes are like more catastrophic than ours. Yeah, because they don't have nobody to listen to them. Mm-mm. We have support group galore. Let us get pregnant. We get everything. We are encouraged to speak book. about our feelings. They are often not. Nope, they're not. They don't have a platform at all. So, and you know, I'm I'm glad we mentioned that because I have a really good brother that I want to pull into, pull in our um onto our podcast that I think you would like that will represent the brothers because. We're talking so much about the brothers. We do need a male perspective um, eventually as we, we tackle this topic. So, mm-hmm. But we'll get to that. Honey, listen, so we we'll love get to that guys. when we get to his book. Nah. <laughs> you can come <laughs> listen. He's welcome whenever. <laughs> Seriously, he's welcome whenever. Yes. So we all praises are due to Yah Elohim. Yahweh Yahweh. Yes, we are here in this space because of your glory, because of your pers- your purpose, and we appreciate you for all that you have given us. So thank you, Most High. Yes. For Son. For yes. And I'm wearing my Hebrew shirt today, y'all. I got to put it on yeah. Afro So Fly so y'all can go out and get y'all Hebrew shirts because this is a beautiful exactly. shirt that I designed. Yes. Definitely support. Definitely support. You want to share how they can support real quick before we sign on? AfroSoFly.com. Yes. Later, y'all. Yeah.